Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly radio show and podcast where we'll be talking about the secrets behind living an inspired and extraordinary life on the terms that you set for yourself. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Andy Grant, best-selling author, award-winning speaker, world-class husband, filmmaker, photographer, transformational energy coach, Akashic Records reader, world traveler, actor, and lifelong learner. Andy believes in living a life you love, and he creates books, workshops, and presentations that support that vision. He has written a number of best-selling books, including 200 Powerful Positive Affirmations and Six Simple Tips to Put Them to Work, Homer the Hound Dog's Guide to Happiness, and Still Here, How to Succeed in Life After Failing at Suicide. In addition to all of that, Andy also hosts a weekly podcast called Real Men Feel, which is all about encouraging men to allow for and express all of their emotions. Andy, I am honored that you're spending time with us here today. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's, uh, it, the honor is mine. I'm really happy to be here. Wonderful. I'm really excited. Can you just start out by telling us a little bit about what led you down this path of working in the self-help world? How did you get into this line of work? <laughs> well, the, uh, the path involved needing a lot of help. Um, let's see. Yeah, I, I, my path is not one I, I recommend. Um, I was very, hmm, I was very emotional, uh, even as a child, and I thought that that was wrong, and I thought I was different, and I was in fact quite depressed and suicidal from a very young age, and actually have attempted to end my life multiple times. So my path to personal growth, my path to my own awakening, involved those multiple attempts to, to end my life. So that's the part I don't recommend to anyone else. You know, I've met some people that, you know, they come to face their own demise and it just, it turned everything around. And for me, um, I think it was after my probably fifth suicide attempt that I realized uh, this isn't working and I'm not good at ending my life. So there's really got to be a better way to live it, to navigate my life. And that's what really opened me up to uh, think that maybe there's just not something wrong with me, that maybe there's just, you know, skills and tool sets and things I have that I'm not using. Mm. That's that's really interesting. And, you know, you're talking about two big topics, the the men's feelings, but also the suicide and mental health issues that a lot of people don't talk about enough, at least in my opinion, when you when you started you know, openly talking about these topics, did you have fears and doubts about how they were going, how, how your information was going to be received? Oh, certainly. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of fear, but, you know, I finally realized that I was, I was, I was more afraid of living than dying. So I, I just consciously chose to step into fears. And since I was already like imagining the worst possible outcome, the worst reaction that I would just be like mocked and ridiculed and couldn't help anybody. And like, well, if that's the case, then if that happens, it's not a surprise and I'm ready for it. And, you know, it's almost, uh, you know, I realized my expectations were so low that it would be actually easy to surpass them. 
So I think it was like 2009 when I first, you know, I made a, a public video on YouTube and just talked about, you know, trying to kill myself and, and that it does get better. And that was one thing that no one had ever told me, you know, as, as a teenager, the only place people talked about suicide was in mental hospitals, which made it seem even more of a problem. And then that, you know, only broken people would dare think this way. But, you know, it's just this, it's this dark secret of, of society, how many people consider that or feel so low that they think about it. And so I just came out and, and said it. And because, again, as a kid, I had never seen someone that said, yes, I used to want to die and now I don't. And, and that is the big transformation. I, I, I was able to go from, from hating life, to being afraid of life, to actually loving life and, and knowing that life loves me. Yeah, wow, that's, that's amazing. You know, so many of us have either struggled with mental health issues ourselves or have someone we love that's going through that or has gone through that. So it's wonderful that you were able to find the courage to step up and, and talk about it. When you, when you put that first video out, what did you get any kind of good feedback or did, Oh yeah. What, yeah, what happened? A, and, and when I first did it, I said, well, and, and you know, part of the way that I would beat myself up was, you know, even when I was feeling good, I would like, Oh, I've had all this negative energy. And if, if I put, if I put half the, you know, my mental focus into living life that I put into choosing to end it, I, you know, I'd just be a different experience. So my goal was, well, if I go public and it helps one person, then, you know, it makes it all worth it. And I don't think it was a week before I had strangers commenting and emailing me that, you know, they were really thinking about ending their life and they came across my video and it changed their mind. Um, and I'll never forget the first person I met, a first stranger I met in person at an event said, I saw your video. I just got this big hug and, you know, I'm still alive because of that video. So that's why I really encourage anyone, if you feel drawn to share a message, to tell a story, like do it. Because wow. we all have, have that power to share and impact. And it's just such a, a stronger superpower that we really have to, to, for authentic sharing to support others and ourselves in doing it. But it's just something that I didn't realize until I, you know, I took those steps that, that I certainly was afraid of. Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, I think so many of us do feel that calling, but then there's fear or there's, there's, there's so many things that can get in the way. But when we step into that purpose, we, we're able to give our gifts to the world to, you know, somehow touch even one other person, like you said, I think that's that's really really fantastic. Um, can you so when you were in that dark place and you said you had attempted suicide several times, how did you not get get stuck there? You know, you 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 said that you just made the decision one day to to you know go and and do better at life because you weren't doing very well at ending it. So, but but you know, I'm just trying to imagine that place of of ha making that shift you know so many people get stuck somewhere and, and you were dealing with some pretty big stuff yeah and i want to make it clear it wasn't the decision happened quickly but all the actions took a long time right and 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 i you know i let people know that it, if you've ever considered seriously contemplated suicide that thought's always going to be there and it'll show up again Right. But I've come to the place of just, oh, there's that old habit. There's that old thought again. And sometimes I really just laugh it off. But but that's going to be kind of 
it, it really became a defense mechanism for me, right? Well, life is really tough. I'm really scared. What am I going to do? I, I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. I have no control. I'm going to end my life, right? I'm, I'm going to take my ball and go home. That, that was my attitude. I had um, just a mindset of quitting. And it took effort and practice to change that. And you've really gotten in a place of not just surviving, but thriving. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because I say that often. Yeah, I don't even, you know, in the, in the, in the world, <laughs> the community of, of suicide, it's, you know, you're a, an, I'm an attempt survivor. And people that lose someone to suicide are suicide survivors. And I'm like, you know, that, that's really, again, setting the bar low. Right. We're, we're all here to do much more than survive. Right. So survive was, you know, a caveman hunting for food. That's survival. You know, we're, we are far above that um, technology with society, with our own spiritual growth and consciousness. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I consider myself a thriver. A thriver. I love that. And what is your thought? So, you know, you said we're not all here just to survive. What is your thought on, you know, why, why are we here? What, what is this, this all about? We are here to have fun, right? Life is to be enjoyed. And, and that's why my suicidal thoughts and, and, you know, thinking, I noticed that my thoughts would trigger and feed my emotions. Whereas I'd been told that my chemistry was off and I was, you know, broken and that my emotions were ruling my life. But when I stopped and, you know, just challenge that. When, when I thought about ways to die, I felt horrible. And if I focused on why do I feel so horrible, I would keep feeling horrible. When I chose to focus on something else, to focus on something I ever did like that I think I would like again, just something to distract myself, I would see my mood change. So that just broke open my whole history of diagnoses and labels and you know, I was never told that, you know, there was a cure. I was told I was I had, um, clinical depression. I was told bipolar. I was told borderline personality disorder. Every, every time I ended up in a hospital, I had a different diagnosis, which made me just, you know, not have much faith in just that whole world. Um, so it took practice and practice. And every time I would shift my thought consciously to something I'd love and then the suicidal thoughts or everything just sucks would come back into my head. And I had to, it didn't mean do it once and stop. Right. The fact that I was able to have a moment of peace proved that it worked as opposed to the fact that it snapped back to my oldest way of thinking, proving that it didn't work. And that, that again, that was a big mindset set shift for me. And, you know, the, the realization, I remember the day it happened, but it took years of practice to keep control of my thoughts, to choose what I wanted to focus on. And we all have the power of choice and we can all choose to be happier no matter what's happened in the past. And we can choose to feel more engaged in our life and our relationships and our career, whatever it is, that we all have a much greater power of choice than I find that most people have been taught. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing, you know, we're not taught in school. We're, we're not taught that we have this great power within us to make these decisions. I think so often people are under the impression that you're almost a victim of your emotions and that you don't have control over how you're feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we can all feel victim to the, our emotions, but it's, it's denying our power, right? We're, 
you, you, you know, what's you ask, you know, what's the purpose of life? Why we're here? It's not to be a victim, <laughs> and it's not to end our lives due to emotional pain, right? It's to navigate. It's to find our joys. It's to find our passion. When when you do what you love, that that love radiates out. That joy radiates out. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you say? So, what do you say to someone who? Um, who's feeling stuck, you know, who's in maybe a, a job that they don't love or in a situation that they don't love and is just kind of going through the, the day-to-day stuff that you have to do to pay the bills or whatever. How, how do you help somebody shift from that place to, to more of a um, fulfilled life? So I, I encourage people to journal and write things down. And, you know, if you recognize you don't like where you are, just ask you, well, why haven't I done something yet? And, and start writing things down and, and you'll uncover your beliefs that are keeping you there. Like I meet so many people that aren't have a job, but they'll say, but I can't get another job. You know, I'm stuck here. And, you know, that just isn't the case. We live in a free society, right? If anyone that has a job, they can quit that job today. Right. It's, it's his choice. So to, to say we're stuck, that that is buying into that victimhood. And really, the only thing we're a victim of is our mindset, is our beliefs. And we can be victimized by the trap and the weight that they put on us. Or we can be victimized and, and in a way liberated by having them be more expansive. So I encourage people to write down the beliefs they have about why they're stuck, why they're living the way they are. And then just to be willing to challenge them. Right. Uh, I love this saying that um, you can be right or you can be happy. And I used to really think being right was the most important thing. And now I love to discover I'm wrong because that, <laughs> I'm much happier being wrong. And sometimes I'm right and I'm happy. And, <laughs> and that's a great thing. But you know, with you, if you have these insistent beliefs that you are stuck where you are, that you only have one skill set, or you don't have any skill sets, or you, the only place that will ever hire you is the one that's hiring you now, and you can't take a risk, and you, you can't step out, and everyone's, you know, the weight of the world is on your back, you're going to be miserable. Right? And, in, and in fact, feeling empty, feeling miserable is your body, it's your emotions telling you, begging you to make changes. It's not about sucking it up. It's not about tolerating it. It's not, you know, it's none of those things. It's being willing to step out into a different way. It's being willing to push your own personal boundaries, to push that comfort zone. And for me, that once once your comfort zone is so freaking uncomfortable, you can't stand it, it, it's not a comfort zone. It's just, it's just the crud you're used to. Right, that makes a lot of sense. And so you're saying that, your emotions or your discomfort, that's just feedback that you can listen to and make changes. And, you know, I think too, it, it's important to, to make the point that you, as humans, we, we move around the emotional, you know, range of emotion. We, we go, we, we, we do feel grief and sadness, and we also feel joy and peace and love and everything in between. And that's okay. You know, some people kind of beat themselves up for, feeling sad sometimes or feeling unhappy, but, but you're right. You know, it's just, it's just something to notice and, and move through. Yeah. I, I find when I'm willing to feel whatever emotion shows up, the moment it shows up, it passes much quicker and easily than I ever think it could. 
And so there are no good or bad emotions. It's just what feels bad is the resisting, is the fighting against how you feel. It's the denying how you feel. It's the refusing to express how you feel. Right. And have you heard that expression, what you resist, what you resist persists? Yes. And I mean, that, that's, that's, that might as well be law. <laughs> that is just so true. <laughs> and we were talking a little bit about the... I think also another law that what you focus on is what you get more of out of life. So like, I think what you're saying is just shifting your attention from the negative and the bad to something different can change your whole experience. I had heard things like that and it sounded like nonsense. And like, just to be totally candid, everything I do now on a daily basis that keeps me happy and engaged and energized is something I spent years making fun of and ridiculing. So I encourage everyone to trust their experience, right? If you hear something, it sounds a little out there. It sounds woo-woo. It sounds like just, you know, uh, positive thinking and it's, and it's just you're lying to yourself. Just try it, right? Trust your experience. Do you feel better in doing anything? Do you feel better when you choose to think a different thought? And then honor that experience for you. And, you know, that's we're here to enjoy ourselves. If you're not enjoying any aspect of your life, take action to change it. But that mm. first action is looking at yourself and going, well, why am I, why am I doing this? What, what thoughts do I keep having? What thoughts can I start writing down to, so they get off of being autopilot and I can put them on paper and see them and realize, well, that's not actually true. No, that's not some, no one's making me do this. These are all my own thoughts. Like, wow, what if I, what if I flip these thoughts? Well, then anything's possible. Right, exactly. And did you find when you were coming out of your depression in those dark places, did you find that you had to almost um, in some way pretend to feel better before you really felt better? Did you go through that? Hmm. It, no, I don't think I did. Um, but but I, I, So I thought depression and suicide, I thought that was my identity. I thought that's what I was. Like They, they weren't feeling. That's who I was. So I didn't do much pretending. Mm -hmm. And in, in fact, I probably felt better, uh, quicker, longer, easier. But and I pretended to not because I thought, again, I wanted to be right. Like the world sucks and I suck. and I'm a mess. That's what's right. And I got to prove to be right. If, if I could just suddenly be happy, it meant, you know, I spent all these years being wrong. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. And I think that may be more of the case for men than for women, too. It's so hard to, like, I was offered help. I had so many, I, people loved and cared for me, you know, much more than I thought I deserved. So I did not open up. I did not take advantage. I did not tell people how I felt. I kept, I lied and lied and lied about how good I felt, not to act as if to make myself feel better, but to get people to go away and leave me alone. So oh, that's interesting. I put, I, I, I couldn't receive help until I chose to want to feel better. Right. No, that makes sense. And I'm really interested. You've got this podcast now, this Real Men Feel, and um, you just said something about you think it's, it's more of a um, male attribute that maybe um, to be less willing to take help or maybe talk about your feelings or even feel some of the feelings can you just, you know, maybe talk about that a little bit and what inspired you to start this podcast? Sure. So I really began, I, I was called to do some, 
most of my clients have always been women. I'm used to going to programs and personal growth and spiritual events where I was, you know, the only guy or one of maybe 1% of the audience being men. And so, so I didn't feel very much like a man. And I was raised by a single mom. Again, I, I was sensitive. I was emotional. I was crying as a child. So I didn't feel like a man. So as I grew up and began to speak and began to teach, I just, it was about a year ago this time that I really started getting this push to make something for men. And, and I just started you know, journaling, like, what, what did I, what a real man? I always hated that term. I'm like, well, what if, what if being a real man meant feeling? And, and that's where the name came. And I'm like, oh, let, and I, I ran with it. it. Initially, the goal was to do it every two weeks. Within a month, I made it a weekly program. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do each and every week. Uh, I keep hearing back from more and more men that it's almost like there's this secret underground movement of guys who want to be feeling, who want to be aware of and in touch with their emotions. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's uh, different guests come on and just share their own story that they were willing to feel. And now how do they serve other men? And how, how does feeling improve all of your life? And because some guys are taught not to feel joy. Some guys are taught not to express anger. You know, and when I encourage real men to feel, I'm, I'm not putting a qualifier. It's not about you should only feel happy. It's just feel whatever is on your plate. Feel it. Right? All emotions serve us when we're allowing them to be expressed and to be felt. Anything we deny or stuff is going to come out eventually and it's going to come out at inopportune times. It can come out in stress. It can come out in physical ailments. It can come out just in a, a myriad of negative ways. But the emotion isn't positive or negative. It's our reaction. It's our allowing. It's our stuffing it. It's resisting it that has a negative or positive effect on us. Do people have to practice feeling emotions? Do we repress them or, or ignore them so much these days because we're so busy or for whatever reason that we, we need to get back in tune with that? Yeah, I think I find it be a very individual thing. Like, again, some people are have been trained that some emotions are OK and some aren't. Um, so, yeah, I've, I mean, I've, I run the game. I, I'll uh, I get emotional in the gym. A guy can get anger out, you know, with a vicious workout or people can go for a run as ways to kind of discount things. Um, I have always been able to cry. But I've met men who were punished for crying. I've met men that are like, they want a class on how to cry. Right? So, yeah, and some of these things, you know, we were trained not to feel certain ways. So when we realize that feeling always helps us, yeah, it, it takes practice. It takes effort. And it really takes just let it, almost letting our own internal guard down. Right? Once we have that ability to have some faith that the world's not going to fall apart if we feel our shame, our guilt. Or our happiness. Again, all emotions serve us. And until you've felt everything that you've kind of packed away, you can't get to that point of feeling things in the moment. Because emotions are really energy in motion. Emotions want to move. Emotions are not meant to just sit and be stuck. Oh, that's a great visual. I love that. What? Um, so w men who have kind of followed your work or come to your workshops, what... Uh, shifts have you seen in them or what ha what feedback have you gotten on this work that you're doing with them? Has it, has it impacted other areas of their lives typically or, or what usually happens? Oh yeah. Yeah. What, you know, once you uncork emotions, it, well, think of it there's, there's no area of life that emotions don't impact. So once you get that flowing again, yeah, I've had, you know, health turnarounds, relationships, intimacy levels, um, 
you know, people un, un, unafraid, you know, people no longer afraid to share and to talk and just the, for a man to realize he can drop the act of pretending he's got it all figured out. You know, that's kind of the, the thing that's most said and that other people don't run away. Right. That that when and this isn't just men, but when a human being confesses to how they feel, it gives everyone else permission to feel that same way or, or share how they feel, right? doesn't mean you have the same feeling, but we, we all have aspects of ourselves that we hide away, and it doesn't help us. Right. It sounds like going through that process is really empowering. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and again, it, that's another way. Emotions serve us, right? They empower us. You know, one of the, whenever I went to a big personal growth event, um, and it, sometimes I'm like, I'd be scared. And I'm like, I just want to get out of here. This is getting too intense. I'm going to leave. And I, that was my, you know, my giving up, my quitting mentality showing up again. So eventually I realized whenever I'm at something and I'm afraid to go through with it or to stay there, I know it's really going to be good. So mm. now when I'm a, like, oh, that's not, oh, that workshop sounds scary. Uh-oh, that means I have to do it. Right? So now I dive into what I fear and it, and it always pays off, right? It's, it's that it's the fear of becoming more than who I thought I was. And when you break through that barrier, it's, it's just the rewards are, are, are amazing. Yeah, that that's really cool. And I think that so many people get so stuck by fear. It's it's such a, um, it's probably the, the if you're going to label an emotion as bad, it's probably, yeah. <laughs> probably the yeah. worst one. Uh, so it's I, so encourage, I, encourage, I encourage people that instead of seeing fear as the stoplight, experiment with seeing fear as your go signal. So feel the fear and do it anyway. Right. Step into it. Like, I'm doing this because I'm afraid of it. Like, let that be your fuel. And do it with small things to realize, to prove to yourself that, you know, what I'm suggesting is valid for you or not. I'm not saying, you know, jump off a skyscraper because you're afraid of heights. You know, I'm saying those things that you that, you know, on some level you're drawn to, that they're going to they're going to help you in some way. But you're afraid of doing them. You're afraid of how others might see you. You're afraid of failure. You're afraid of success, whatever it is. Just be willing. Be fine. Be willing to fail. Like, what's what's the big deal? I I sometimes encourage clients to go find a new hobby, a new activity, so that they can fail at it. And then realize failure just doesn't mean the damn thing. Right. It's just, just a little bit of feedback, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I find, too, like, if you're able to step out of... Um, like step back from your life a little bit and just look on almost as if an outsider and just, you know, instead of putting emotional weight or judgment around what's happening, just to kind of step back and consider, oh, that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> like that, that really makes things, to me, it makes things clearer and it makes things less scary if you're able to step back from all the stories that you tend people not you but people tend to attach to outcomes that they're imagining happen that didn't even happen um it that that moment of stepping back that pause for me works really well yeah yeah i really i encourage people to you know to act like mr spock and just when anything you something you didn't like just oh fascinating Right, just no attachment, and just you know, you're gathering evidence. You're trusting your experience, and I mean, just think of how many things every adult has managed to learn despite repeated failure. You know, trying to walk, learning to ride a bike, learning to drive a car, 
you know, nobody did those things well the first time they tried. Yet if they stopped when they feared failure, you know, we'd all still be crawling around in our stomachs. Right, absolutely. And there's, there's, as you know, there's countless stories of people. I was just reading the other day something about President Obama when he was first getting into politics or first at the DNC, and and he was so broke that his credit card got denied. And and um, you know, politics aside, there's everybody, everybody that's reached you know any kind of level of success has gone through failure after failure after failure. It's not a big deal. Well, and again, it, it, and it is a big deal to them. I don't want to, you know, it can feel horrible, but you, you, we hear about people when they're massively successful, not when they're struggling and learning. Well, but that's, they, that's how they all got there. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And I think that the thing with failure is that, you know, like the, with that example with Obama, if he would have stopped when he was broke and whatever, you know, discouraged, then he never would have gone on to be president and, you know, politics aside, I, um, think it's, it, for me, one of the big lessons is to keep going. And that's one of the reasons that I named the show ready, set grit, because grit to me is that ability to just keep getting up and doing it again and keep going until you get to that success. And, and I think the lessons along the way are just so interesting. It's what makes the journey a good story at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, there's another, you know, I, I don't know who first said this, but every disaster was, every master was first a disaster. Mm. Right? It, it, it takes practice. It takes work. It takes grit. It takes resilience. And the, what I find to be the best thing, those are all learnable skills. Right? It's not that some people have a lot of grit and others don't have any. It's just, no, they just don't know they have it. They haven't engaged it. They haven't used it. They haven't figured out some techniques. Yeah, they're all, they're all learnable skills. And the other thing is that anybody can achieve success. It doesn't matter where you're starting. You, you know, you could be living in your car and, and achieve great success. You could be, you know, people, people start it all all, all starting points and it doesn't matter. Yeah. F failure, you know, we, we seem to have created this definition of failure that would, that means you didn't get the results you had hoped for. And you no, know, that's just, you didn't get the results you hoped for. You know, as we talk about failure is stopping. Exactly. And you never really know how close you are. You didn't get the results you hoped for yet or that right. time. So do it again. Right. Readjust. What can you change? What did you learn? Right. right. And that's that, like, that's a different question. I used to ask, you know, why do I suck? Why does nothing work for me? And now I, now I ask myself after anything, well, what did I learn? What, what can I do better next time? Right. right. You're just reframing the, uh, re reframing the experience. I like that. Right. Yeah. Cause our, our brain is designed to answer questions. So if we ask horrible disempowering questions, that's the answers we'll get. And we'll continue to feel like a victim of life. Right. No, that makes sense. What, what to you, what, what is your definition of true happiness? Wow. That's a great question. Hmm. Well, it's, <laughs> if, <laughs> if I'm laughing and smiling, that that's my ultimate definition of happiness. It, it's a body. It's, 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 it's high for me. It's, it's a high energy. It's the, the, I can do anything feeling. It's just, it, it's, it's loving the moment. Loving the moment. And, and when you were in your, your dark times, I'm sure you couldn't have even imagined that. 
No, right. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought again, I thought it was broken. I thought there was something truly just wrong with me that I was defective. And I had the mistaken notion that happy people were this consistent flat line of happiness. <laughs> you know, that, that we weren't, you know, we weren't, they were, they were just emotional extremes only. I was at the basement and everybody else lived on the top of the world at this happiness level all the time. And, and that's not the case either. So what, you know, happy experience, feeling good, being engaged with life creates a roller coaster of emotions still, but it's a roller coaster that's always headed up. Kind of like what we always want to see in the stock market, even higher highs and higher lows, all this upward trend. That's how allowing your emotions to always be felt and expressed happens. Like my best day today, unimaginable 20 years ago. And my worst day today is still probably better than some of my okay days 20 years ago. Right. No, that's great. And I, 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 I just want to say, you know, I think it was really interesting what you said. You thought happy people were always happy. They were this anomaly of human being that's uh, always joyful and have this perfect life, which I think sometimes, like especially these days with social media, it can appear that way. And I, I do think that that affects many of us who are maybe feeling a little down and then going on to Facebook or any of the social media platforms and seeing these seemingly perfect lives sometimes can be very hard. But I, I think it's important to realize that everybody, you know, everybody's going through the ups and downs and, and it's not helpful to compare yourself to others. Right. Yeah. And, you know, social media is the best part. And like, you know, and, and a lot of people thank me um, because I, I committed years ago to live myself, live my life as authentically as I possibly could. So I share the good, the bad and the ugly. But if I'm having a bad day, I don't just go, hey, having a stinky day. Hey, but, you know, no, I try, you know, feel what makes me feel good is spreading more goodness. Right. But if there's some ongoing thing, if there's some trouble in my life, if there's, you know, um, there have been deaths in my family, there's grief, there's shame, there's concern, there's fear, and I share it all. Um, but yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, quote unquote, you know, personal growth gurus or happiness gurus will only show you their best 10% of life to get you to, you know, buy their program or follow them or whatever it may be. But um, yeah, it's, it's up and down for every, every human being. The only people that don't feel, quote unquote, negative emotions are dead or sociopaths. Mm. So when you feel negative emotions, like I encourage people, well, go good. It means I'm still alive and I'm not a sociopath. Perfect. Right? Now how can it get better? Well, Andy, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And this whole conversation is so interesting. I'm really intrigued by the idea of, of emotions and, and feeling the emotions and moving through the emotional... Um, range that we have and by your story it's so inspirational how you're able to to really turn things around to the point where you're helping so many people it's it's quite amazing so thank you well, thanks for having me it's it's always my pleasure to, to share wonderful thank you so much and thank you for listening to today's show my guest was andy grant he's the author of still here how to succeed at life after failing at suicide among many other books and he's the founder and host of Real Men Feel, the weekly podcast. You can find him online at realmenfeel.org. 
and navitascoach.com. These links and the full recording of this interview are available on our website, readysetgrit.com. I'm Ellen Barton. Please tune in next week at the same time for more inspirational stories and tips for intentionally creating the life that you've always dreamed of. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.